Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH. Hey guys, it's Kevin coming to you with a special Sunday night podcast. Uh, I am just so excited over the win that I decided, you know what, we're going to throw a podcast up. So this isn't even live, there isn't even a live thread on the site yet, and I'm trying to get that up. We're going fast. It's kind of fast and furious. Duke is going to call in as soon as he can. So uh, we're here to react to the Dolphins game, and uh, hopefully as soon as I hit publish right now, we will start to get your guys' reactions to the game also, and uh, we can start talking some Dolphins football as they come back with a final-minute touchdown pass from Ryan Tannehill to <clears throat> excuse me, Ryan Tannehill to Deion Sims, win the game in the final minute. Jimmy Wilson with the final touchdown or uh, interception securing the win. So it was a. Uh, It was a, uh, a great way to end that game. Um, I, I I don't even know where to talk or what to say. I'm just that excited about this game right now. Um, it was the game that we needed to see from the Dolphins. It was a game where they played ugly. It was not the prettiest thing they could have had out there. But you know what? They hung around, they hung tough, and they stuck with the, the, the Falcons until they could turn it around and fix their problems. And they did exactly that, and they came away with the win in the end. And you know what? When you look at the records, there's a three in the win column. There's a zero in the loss column. That's all that matters right now. So the Dolphins come away with the win. They send the Falcons to one and two, a team that a lot of people before the season automatically assumed was a win for the Falcons. Um, A lot of people – I would have said that this team would have lost to the Falcons before the season started. But the Dolphins came away with this win because they are that good. I mean, it's that simple. They are that good. This is not a team that – excuse me. Man, as you can tell, I've been yelling a little bit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, This is not a team that – is going to go out there and blow out the Atlanta Falcons. But this is a team that very much so could hang around with them and sit there and pound the ball away. I mean, Lamar Miller looked good today. Daniel Thomas looked good today. Uh, I know a lot of people were frustrated with Mike Wallace not getting the catches early on in the game. But there are going to be games, and we're going to see it throughout the season, Mike Wallace is going to be the number one focal point for defenses for the rest of the season. I mean, the entire year, that's what we're going to see. Teams are going to specifically try to shut down Mike Wallace. And as long as somebody can step up, whether it's Brian Hartline, Charles Clay, Brandon Gibson, Daniel Thomas, Lamar Miller – Anybody, as long as somebody can step up, we're going to see this team find success. And it might take some time for us to 
figure it out and get things get things uh, worked out sometimes and figure out, okay, they're covering um, Mike Wallace with a, a safety over the top, but that means that Brian Hartline is open over here or Brandon Gibson is open in the middle. And you can't deny this team has those weapons. It's something that this team has not had in a long, long time. So it, it, it is actually a really, really nice thing. And hopefully we'll see them start to grow because there will be ways to force the ball into Mike Wallace. Excuse me if I take a drink to try to get my throat <clears throat> stop being scratchy. Um, it, it's it's going to be there are going to be ways to get him the ball. There's going to be schemes that work, but at the at this point, the Dolphins don't need that. The Dolphins don't need to force the ball to Mike Wallace. They need to have Mike Wallace. Um, they need Mike Wallace to be the threat and let the rest of the guys get open, let the rest of the guys get the ball and move down the field that way. The fact that Lamar Miller is able to run the ball like he did today should be promising. I mean, when you're averaging, what, seven yards, uh, 7.8 yards per carry, you probably want your running back to have more than eight carries. But this team was down most of the game. So having having Ryan Tannehill throw the ball 35 times, I'm okay with that because this team was down. And this is a pass-first team. I, in the end, At the end of the year, would I love to see Lamar Miller have 1,200 yards? Sure, absolutely. But I don't need him to have 1,200 yards. I need him to have enough yardage that Ryan Tannehill can throw the ball and play action pass when we need it. Um, Looking at the stats, and I know that my recap didn't have the stats in it. I'm going to do a separate stats uh, post in a little bit just because I absolutely 100% went, absolutely could not type when (laughs) the game was over. Uh, Brian Hartline had four catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Brandon Gibson, six catches for 49 yards. Uh, Matthews had four for 42. Clay had four for 40. Mike Wallace had two for 22. Daniel Thomas had one for 16. Give it up for Michael Agnew getting his first career catch, one for eight yards in that last drive. That was a critical catch. So good for him getting that. Lamar Miller had one for two, and Deion Sims had one for one yard and a game-winning touchdown. Um, it, it was a, a great, great game. Uh, shoot. Something is going on. Yes, I just said shoot on the radio. For some reason, Alpha just tried to listen in on the show, and it gave him um, last Friday's show. So I'm hoping that that was just an isolated thing and that the rest of it is working because I just clicked it and it worked. And I do have somebody logged in to listen to the show in the chat room. So whoever it is listening right now to me ramble on live, thank you very much. Uh, if you scroll down on the Blog Talk Radio page, there is a chat room down below you, and you can chat with me right there. Uh, of course, 
As always, we will take your calls, 347-326-9461. You can hit us up on Twitter, at The Finsider. You can join in the live thread over on thefinsider.com. There are all kinds of ways to talk with us, come hang out with us. Uh, Like I said, Duke will be here shortly, hopefully. And uh, we'll talk for probably 30, 45 minutes just to hang out and see, uh, see how things are going and talk some Dolphins football. Uh, I'm sorry, talk some winning Dolphins football. So we have our first caller, and I don't have a producer tonight, so hello, who is this? Hey, this is uh, Arizona Chad, Sin for Life. How are you? Hey, how's it going, man? Good, good. What a game. Uh, What a game, man. (laughs) Absolutely. I I, I literally am sitting there staring at my blank story editor because – I'm so excited I can't type, and I was just like, I don't know what to do right now. That was an incredible game. Well, I, I can't do like me, man. Just cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome, man. That was, that was an awesome game. But my question and, is, you know, yeah. last week, last week, they throwed up uh, play with a one-yard run for the touchdown. Right. Okay. This week they throw up uh, Deion Sims. Really? Yep. For a touchdown pass. Man. Yep. And and if you if you watched the replay on the other side of the field, wide open was Clutz. So the two yep. options on that on that play were really Deion Sims and uh, Tyler Clutz. Not the two yeah, names no you would expect the Dolphins to be going for. Un- completely unexpected. Why would <laughs> both the, the most unexpected people on the field be wide open? Yep. I mean, that, that was, was awesome, a, that man. Was really, that was a really well-designed play. I mean, because everybody assumed we're going to hand it off. They then assumed, okay, Lamar Miller went in motion. You're going to see the fullback come in. And Deion Sims and Tyler Klutz go out for passes. That was a yeah. really, really and well both of them standing wide open. <laughs> but, uh, that was awesome. Yeah, and I don't know how watching that. I have not watched it again other than what they showed on TV. Um, but I don't know how Deion Sims caught that ball because his arm is being held down, and he just kind of cradled it in with one arm to catch that pass. I will give you one word, Kev. It's <laughs> called talent. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. If you got talent on the field, you're going to win at some point in time. <laughs> but, uh, that was, yeah, that was a great, great game. Yeah, it was. Uh, and it, and it, I, I said it earlier, and I'm sure people didn't hear me because I just threw this up. It was kind of a last-minute thing to just go, you know what, let's do a podcast tonight. So uh, I just kind of threw it up. But this is a game Dolphins fans needed because this is a game where fans can now go, you know what, we're still in contest even when we're behind. Because yeah, they, everything they, I, in the live thread and on Twitter. Go on. I, I can only watch on television. I'm in Arizona, by the way, and I'm watching on direct TV. But did you yep. hear the crowd? Yeah. That now that's a, that, that was amazing, man. I've not heard that in 
what, three, four years now? <laughs> yeah. Sun Life was loud. When it's coming across it the was TV as loud, yes. Yeah, it was huge on television, man. But no, or, uh, I'm, just, I'm impressed. Very impressed. I, I am absolutely. I, I am so happy right now. I I haven't felt this happy about a Dolphins, a regular season Dolphins win in a long time. I don't Dude, know how they did. I mean, three games in, we're three and zero. Oh. Yep. Oh, uh, just let that sink in. Three and zero. We beat two playoff teams from last year. We got to face the Saints next weekend. Big sign on that, that one, man. That's going to be the hard because one. That that absolutely is going to be the hard one. Jimmy Graham looked like unstoppable today. Yeah, and it's going to be big. But I have faith. <laughs> yep, that's. Sorry, I'm typing at the same time. <laughs> hey, I, I'm crying. I'm still trying to wipe the tears out of my eyes, man. <laughs> it's been years, been years since I was so enthused about watching the Dolphins. Ooh, that was that was. It, it it's a game where fans. I mean, you saw it on the live thread and on Twitter and everything. Fans were already ru- ruling this team out. I mean, immediately yes. that first that third yes. quarter fumble from Ryan Tannehill, people were calling the game right there, and the mm-hmm. Dolphins did. They stuck with it, and they're going to do that, that all season. That's that's what you call a team effort. I posted on there early on the thread before it got cut off, and it was a total team effort again. Yep. You know, the Absolutely. guys even in their interviews they say we're not one. You know, it's not the defense, it's not the offense. We're going at this as a team, and and it's like the defense is thriving off the offense, offense thriving off the defense, man. It's a team effort. They're giving it their all. Either side of the ball, somebody's going to win. Yep. And at Absolutely. this point in time, they're three and zero. They are three and zero. You will yes. Huh. But well, Kev, I, I appreciate your time and. So, thank you. I know you did, but yeah, got to get out of here, Ben. Appreciate your time. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. All right, Ben. I'm guessing that this is Duke calling in. Duke, is that you? Here, lead. Okay. I'm trying to go by phone numbers because obviously I don't have James in here right now. So, I'm trying to guess by phone numbers and look at it and go, yeah, I think that's Duke's phone number. <sighs> okay, Duke, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, well, I can say that I probably did not sit down for much of this game. Um, when it was 20 to 10, I sat down and thought, well, you know, Dolphins, you know, we didn't play well. We knew this was going to happen, you know. Then they, then, then Don Jones destroys Harry Douglas, and we get the ball, and Tannehill, uh, Hartline scores a touchdown, and suddenly it's a game. I'm like, oh, oh, wait a minute here. And they missed that field goal, and I'm thinking, oh, my, this is just – and then Tannehill just very Tom Brady-like decides, you know what, I'm just going to leave this team down and score a touchdown. You know, screw this. And he does it. And then uh, and then Jimmy Wilson, who I had said, you know, he would, I even said on Twitter I didn't think he'd be a Dolphin much longer. Just getting abused all day. 
comes up with a huge intersection, and I actually, I actually uh, uh, got a little misty-eyed. I opened the door and ran out in, into the road. I had to spend some energy. That's kind of how that was. Could not. Uh, it's one of those couldn't handle. Uh, Miami. The Dolphins are winning. Miami taking years off my life. <laughs> Miami Maniac asked over in the chat room on Blog Talk Radio, uh, do you think conditioning played a part in this win? And it's a great point because it was the the Falcons came out hot early and then the Dolphins just fought their way back into it. And that's a great point. It probably could be. Now, I will say the Falcons practice outside. So Atlanta Heat and Miami Heat aren't that far off. But take into account that nice, steamy, hot weather from the rain earlier in the day, it could be part of it. It very much so could be. Oh, that's when I saw that. You know, <laughs> what I thought was very interesting on that last drive was that here are the heroes of that last drive: all right, Rashard Matthews, Brandon Gibson, Michael Agnew, Charles Clay, Dion Sims. Yep. You know. Names that people thought, you know, most people are like, who are these guys? These guys suck. You know, Michael Egg knew the bust or whatever, makes a big catch. Um, Matthew stepped up with some big catches today. And then Sims with the one-handed beast. That was just – at first I didn't I, I didn't see that. I just saw the catch. And then I, they went back and showed up. Like, he, he absolutely caught every bit of that one-handed. I was like, oh, my. First, first NFL catch is a, a one-handed touchdown to win the game. I, I don't know how I I told uh I told A Z Chad, who was our caller just for you, I uh mm-hmm. I, I told him I don't know how he caught that ball because that ball to Deion Sims in the end zone is a basket catch one handed while his other arm is being pulled back behind him. I don't know how he did it, but I don't really care. <laughs> He caught it and hit the win. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, who was that that called just before me? Uh, AZ, AZ Chad Finfan, I think is the way his name is. I'm trying to remember it off okay. the top of my head. Well, he, sound, he sounds a lot like me, so where's he from? <laughs> he's in Arizona now. I didn't ask him where he's from, but he does sound oh, a lot okay. like you. I was going to say, <laughs> we we got we to gotta stand together, man. <laughs> All right. uh, wow! I, 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 I picked up the phone. I thought to myself, "Wait a minute! I haven't called in yet." I'm not trying. To, I'm not trying to pick on him either, because, like I said, we do stand a lot alike. So that's just it's just the North Carolina thing. Hey, we're three and zero. I will say that that offensive line and the pass protection has got to. Got to get better. That's just it's got to. And yeah, and and I, I read on Twitter that some somebody said, you know, Tannehill just looks lost today. And there was a lot of times he did. He just, you know, he was getting hit a lot. He just he was late on some of his reads. And then on that last drive, he was like, you know what? And granted, the Falcons probably played off defense a little bit too. You usually see that, but yeah, he just gets in there and says, you know what? I, I'm doing this. And it was, when he actually scored that touchdown, when the touchdown was scored, it's kind of like, wait a minute, Ryan Tannehill just did that. That just happened. You know, how he long did. has it been since we've seen that? 
you know, he got the ball back with 4.46 on the clock, down three. And with 38 seconds left on the clock, he hit Deion Sims in the end zone. That is what you want from your quarterback. That's it exactly. And I just saw on Twitter a few minutes ago that he was it was his idea to make that to make that 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 to call that play. He he told Sherman he that's the play he wanted and and Sherman agreed and they caught it. And even though they showed Clutz, I believe was over on the right side, completely open, they said the play call was was um two Sims, uh I think Incognito said it was two Sims or no call at all. Or he was gonna throw it away. So um, it worked. Jesse Jesse Agler said on their post game show, Tyson Claybo came on and said, "It's a great day to be a Dolphin." That sums it up right there. <laughs> it is a great day to be a Dolphin. And I mean, we can we can say what we need to about the defense. I mean, with Cameron Wake not being out there, that hurt a lot. LRB was playing yep. this time. Uh, I mean, Hillary was playing hurt. Missy was missing time. Soli wasn't in there. And I don't think people realize just how much he clogs up those lanes. I mean, he has to be yeah. built. So that affected our run defense. Although Randy Starks, you know, a couple of times today decided he'd had enough of it. He did. But he definitely I, I think, did, yeah. I think their line, I think, overall is better than ours, at least in the interior. Um, I think their line wore down as the day went along. And there, especially at the end, we could just start. You know, we knew they couldn't run. We knew they weren't going to run the ball there at that that final drive, so we could kind of tee off and get some pressure. But um, I think we rattled them a little bit. But both of those throws were just. I don't think the sec, I don't think the throw that was intercepted was bad. I just think that was a great play by by Wilson. But the throw before that was a was a bad pass, uh, a bad read or something. Um, you know, and people are going to talk about, you know, Nolan Carroll has been rated very highly by by pro football folks, and his rating is probably going to go down a lot because of this game. But there are very few cornerbacks in this league that are going to shut down Julio Jones. I, I mean, there's a, you can probably name a handful that will, and that's it. So I'm not I'm not too upset that they picked on him a little bit because, I mean, he's Julio Jones. He's, he's one of the top, probably top three or four receivers in the league right now. He's going to get his. Um, I did see a tweet earlier that said after the first quarter, um, Tony Gonzalez did not have another catch. So, hey, I mean, that one play on the, the, the linebacker, which, I mean, that came after a short field on a turnover, but still. You know, we, I think we held the linebackers or uh, linebacker, the tight ends pretty much in check so far today. Yep, I think we did. I think we did a good job. Um uh, I just, I don't even know what to say. Um, let's see. Ryan Tannehill, 24 for 35, 236 yards, two touchdowns, an interception, was sacked five times, a quarterback rating of 94.5, compared to Matt Ryan, who was 22 for 38 for 231 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, no sacks. He had a rating of 84.4. So Tannehill outplayed Matt Ryan um, across every – Every stat, every stat except sacks. That's a hard sentence to say. Um, Lamar Miller, eight carries, 62 yards. Daniel Thomas, five carries, 21 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, we went over the wide receivers. Um, so Daniel Thomas, 
So Daniel Thomas actually was over four yards of carry then. 4.2 yards of carry, yep. I will take it. I mean, that – and he would have had more if it hadn't been for that silly hold that, that John Jerry – I didn't actually see it, so I don't know. I – I was actually busy, too busy tweeting. All I saw was him cut up the field and get 10 tough yards. And that, I mean, on that first, the drive that we scored a touchdown on, he, he, he looks good. He's so frustrating because because he'll have games like this where he makes those kind of plays. You know, like, that's what we want to see all the time. And then then the next game, yeah. or a few plays later, he just runs into, runs into the defense and falls down. Now, they did not give us a lot of running room today. Uh, we had a lot of a lot of, uh, I mean, Lamar Miller had that one big carry, and we had a couple, you know, decent carries, but for the most part, they, they snuffed, us, snuffed us out. I mean, uh, overall, I think we were just outplayed. Um, and then we, we still came away with the win. That, that's what's so weird is that, you know, you, you play, you know, it's a 60-minute game, and, and they outplayed us. It was only three points, three-point deficit at the half. But they outplayed us. They owned the time of possession, owned the plays. I mean, just, just – Made us look like we were we were a vulnerable team, and we still came back and won. And I think that's I think when you see that, it makes you think now that you know the Dolphins are the Dolphins are uh, not a a great team. I mean, our defense we were missing some people today, and our defense is not I, you know they're not close to being elite yet. I thought they had the chance, and they didn't look that way today. But right. they're one of those things you have to you have to put us away, and the Falcons couldn't put us away, and we came back and won the game. I mean, if I'm in the Falcons' locker room right now, you're thinking to yourself, you're not looking at that last drive. That's what happened. I mean, you, you've got to get a stop there, and they didn't. But at the same time, you've got to look at that offense of all the blown opportunities that they had that they could have done something they couldn't. I mean, the missed field goal. I mean, even though the, the touchdown would have put Miami ahead by one. They missed that field goal, giving Miami an opportunity to to go down and get a winning score, uh, and it just put them in a hole. They they just couldn't put the Dolphins away, and you know I think that's what we've used to, used to seeing from from teams against Miami. They've come in, and you know our defense is not not held, not held, and even when we do get those stops, our offense can't do anything. And then today our offense did. I mean we couldn't we we got the um, you know we got the we got the stops we needed. We we bent, we didn't break, and then our offense stepped up and, and did its thing. I mean, as I said on, on the side, I mean, it was very Tom Brady-esque to watch. Just Tannehill just sit back in the pocket and just just chip away, chip away, just pick and pick and pick and there it goes. I mean, this touchdown. I mean, how how often have we seen that against Miami and we're like, oh, why can't we do it? And we finally did it. I think that's what was so shocking about it. It was like, wait a minute, right. that just happened. We did that. That usually happens to, to us. We would have expected Matt Ryan to do that, uh, not the other way around. So, uh, uh, Keith, like, I don't know. Keith is on the line now. So, Keith, any thoughts on your part? Would it, would, would hey, thanks for the invitation to the show, by the way. I appreciate it. I, I sent it to you. No, you didn't. Uh, you pretty much turned me into the Eric the, Eric the Midget of the uh, the Finsider show. So <laughs> I sent you a text awesome. that said, anybody want to do a show? Duke, even, not, Duke texted me back. Did not receive that text, so I get it. You excluded me from from your party. As the, as the I, Dolphins I get better, the Finsider podcast becomes more exclusive. James James <laughs> texted me back, and Duke texted me back. You did not. I'm just saying. 
because I didn't receive it. But I understand. You've turned it into, like, the studio of 54 of, of uh, NFL podcasts. I do have a I do have a red velvet rope around my computer. Yes, I have I have a better chance of calling in the NFL radio and getting on Tim Ryan's show. Who, by the way, I muted uh, I muted through most of the game today because if I had to hear one more thing about how how great of a rhythm passer Matt Ryan was, I was going to gouge my eyes out. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I want to say that. Uh, this is, I mean, this isn't a top start or anything, but how awesome is Caleb Sturgis? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, like, perfect on the year. His, his field goal's yeah. not even close to, to missing. I mean, the, everything's right down the pipe. It's like a magnet. I mean, when we were sitting there at, like, the 40-yard line and they were talking about the Dolphins needing to get down into field goal range, first thought was, well, I think we're in field goal range, dude. Because he, yeah. yeah. he hit that one that was, like, 51 yards. And it was right down the middle, and had about thirty yards to spare. It looked like. Yeah, hey, just for the record, the the Jets just beat the Bills twenty-seven twenty. Oh boy, I, I loved on. Um, I don't. I don't really understand why uh, a lot of NFL studio shows continue to buttress the uh, the Jets. But uh, one of those in-game things, and uh, they were like, "Check out this pass from Geno Smith." And he just like throws it up, and uh, Stephen Hill is just like standing by himself. <laughs> I'm like right, all right. That right, that passes right on the money, guys. Thank you. That freaking the, the play sixty NFL kid could have thrown that. What, what's what's interesting about the AFC East, and, and I just flipped over to uh, after the game, I flipped over to NFL Network, and, and Jamie Dukes kind of highlighted some of this. But the AFC East has the best winning percentage of all the divisions, and all three losses that have come in the all three losses in within that division have come by division teams. Uh, yep. The Jets beating the Bills, uh, and then the uh, Patriots beating both the Jets and the Bills. So, the the basically they are eight and zero against, or well, I don't know if that's the right numbers, but they've won so every game. They are undefeated won. outside the yeah, yeah outside. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Sorry. Yep, Still, undefeated outside. Yeah. Lane, fully working actually. Yeah. Um, we do have a caller, which I want to get to real quick, but I do want to say that somebody's going to have to do some cleaning in the locker room today because apparently there was a Gatorade shower after the uh, after the team got back into the locker room. So I'm guessing Coach Philbin ended up with Gatorade. I'm not sure. but uh, Yes, he got Gatorade and, bad, and I can't remember who got him. I think it was Rashad Jones and somebody else. Nice. And then uh, Stephen Ross apparently left the locker room and announced to the reporters, we got a damn good football team. Oh, hey, yeah, and uh, and he, and he, he is, celebrated with a bottle of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, caller, you are on what? the air, even though I don't know who you are. What's up, guys? How's it going? It's Marlon Van, and what a game, huh? That was 56. a great game. Yes, it is fifty-six. Oh, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> What a game. Oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> I don't know who this is. Reveal yourself, caller. It's it's Marlon Fan56. Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to point out something that I don't know maybe not a lot of people saw, but I just wanted to mention, oh, my gosh, what an impact Deion Jordan made. He came in after Wade got hurt after a while, and he was just making pressure all over the place, man. He yeah, was he, definitely he like a, he stepped up a little bit. 
the the one thing that I noticed that I mean Omar has been tweeting about this and it is one of the things that was was a an issue with him was his ability to, to set the edge on a run play and on that one drive that uh, the Falcons had down the goal line where they didn't get the first down they kicked a, a, a the field goal I believe it was the first quarter he he made the the first down saving tackle uh, so. Um, he got he was he was in on it, so that was very interesting that, that they used him like that. So, at the way he's been at the way he's been playing, and, and along those lines, I wanted to uh, to say that I did see a tweet that they did talk to Cameron Wake, and he said it was he said it, it it bothered him that he couldn't get back in the game, but he knew it was for precautionary measures, and he says he think he he thinks he will be fine. So it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Uh, but now he got so, yeah. And so now, with Jordan coming in there showing that he can do some things, that's going to be an added boost, I believe. Oh, yeah, definitely, guys. And look, man, I, the fact that it was Deion Jordan making the the pressure that got that last interception to end the game, that just sealed it for me. I think this guy's going to be, like, the biggest talent we've had in a long time. And Tannehill with that ending drive, I was on the edge of my seat. And then when he got the touchdown, I was off of my seat in the air, jumping up and down. Oh, my gosh, man. I couldn't breathe most of the time. <laughs> I, I don't think you were the only one. I will hope not. I think I think all of <laughs> Miami exploded right there. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much for calling in, 56. It's good to hear from all you. All right, I got I'm done ranting. I'm done. All right, guys. Okay. See you next time. Talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Uh, one one thing that is going around on Twitter right now, and I know somebody already posted on the uh, recap thread, but it definitely does say on SI.com right now that Henny directs Dolphins past Falcons to 3-0 and start. So good nice. job, Chad Henny, for being in Jacksonville. I don't know. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, he managed what, to get what, us to it. He, well, in a way, he was responsible for our 3-0 start because he's <laughs> in Jacksonville. Well, well technically, he's in Seattle right now. Uh, I have to thank him yeah. for lowering uh, Duke's overall defensive score today. So, <laughs> we oh, have that. that I, after that first quarter, I had to turn my computer off. So like, I can't I can't be in the, the live threads because it's going to drive me nuts. Not not because of what people are saying, just, just uh, you know, I was like, I can't, I, I don't want to, you know, I've got to settle down and just just watch the game. So I try to keep keep my cool. Well, speaking of Deion Jordan, I've uh, I've noticed that it's come up as of late. A lot of people seem to want to compare that guy to Lane Johnson in terms of who who would have held more value at that pick. I don't know if you guys have seen that as well. Um, it seems to be like a topic. I mean, especially because Lane Johnson had a real rough go of it on Thursday night. Uh, against Kansas City, so but I mean the thing is you can't you can't really compare two two rookies three weeks into the season, especially when they a don't play the same position. B one's in a starter role while one pretty much spells. Although I mean that could change depending on what, what's up with Wake. But I mean I'm happy with Deion Jordan. I didn't expect him to come out and play like Alden Smith his first week. Alden Smith didn't play like that his first week. You know, I mean, there's got to be there's got to be a build to that. So, uh, and another thing is, I was really impressed with the Colts today. Watching that game and everything, watching those guys go on the road. I don't know if maybe it's because San Francisco's a little overrated, but it makes me pleased that we were able to beat that.
Um, just for the record, apparently Alden Smith has been suspended indefinitely by the 49ers. Conveniently, they did. Oh yeah, that was the game. after the game. Yeah, but they did. They did suspend him for his DUI arrest and possession of marijuana charge. But yes, it was after the game he was suspended. So somehow that it was okay during the game. That's pathetic. And you know, I will say that uh, we were making a bunch of jokes during because I mean the game we had here was uh, Indianapolis and San Francisco, and I was like, only on Jim Harbaugh's team can a guy get busted for for uh, cannabis possession in DUI on Friday and be in the starting lineup on Sunday. And then get suspended afterwards. Don't forget that part. Yeah, right. But, like, oh, we do by have the way, caller, we overlooked so this. We have another caller. I don't know who it is. Nope. Go on, Duke. I was going to say, at the same time, you know, watching that game, it makes Miami's victory over, over Indianapolis look that much better now. Oh, I know. Definitely. It does. Although I was pulling for the 49ers just because, you know, that would help out, you know, take out an AFC opponent. But still, you know, here's here's a team that was in the Super Bowl and they just got beat 27-7 by a team that Miami just beat. So, uh, I like it. There's a lot of parity in the league this year to the point where I have no idea who's going to do it. I mean, it's like I feel like it's probably Seattle and then everyone else right now. Uh, just based off of that team's home field advantage and the fact that, I mean, if they get into the playoffs and they're, they're, they're that one seed, I mean, you could pretty much just plug them into the Super Bowl because I can't really fathom anyone going into there in January and winning. So, and then, I mean, they would have a, an outdoor Super Bowl, which is kind of interesting. That's kind of an interesting dynamic uh, this year. But it's really, I mean, it could be anyone, really. I mean, everyone thought, I mean, we suspected the Texans weren't really that good. I mean, they've come they've come from behind to win both weeks against teams that really aren't that great. And then, I mean, they got steamrolled today. Uh, oh, and Denver, too. I guess that you'd have to put Denver out there until someone puts, puts a dent in them. So, but, I mean, there's so much parity this year. You know, look at Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota, I mean Cleveland, Cleveland's clearly in it. The, uh, what is it, the drop dead for Ted sweepstakes for Teddy Bridgewater or whatever. Yeah, and uh, I mean they can't. I saw that on Bill Simmons' thing, so it's not like I made that up or anything. But uh, I mean they they can't even tank properly. I mean they need to. That's one thing they probably should have asked Thursday for when they made that trade. Hey, do you have Curtis Painter available by chance? Yeah. <laughs> but let me go ahead and get our caller on here. Who I don't know who it is, but caller, welcome. Who are you? Hello? Hello? Hey, who is this? Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Chris Wallace. Um, uh, pretty much my question is, when can Finns fans start yelling for a second perfect season? Like, what's the record before we can start hoping that we can pull it off for a second time in NFL history? Because, I mean, we have the squad and – number one defense in the league for, since last year. So when can we start yelling for a perfect season repeat? Somewhere around I, week 14. <laughs> I have no answer well, for this. I, I mean, I'm I dedicated to Miami, so I'm hoping. I mean, if you look at it, the two games we lost last year, we lost them by a field goal, and this year we beat Indy by four points, and we beat uh, Atlanta today by, what, five points? 
as four both points. games we lost by oh yeah four points as both games we lost by three points last year because Dan Carpenter blew kicks for us. So I'm I don't know I'm hoping that Fence fans have something to look forward to. In 21 years of dedication to Miami, I'm hoping we can start yelling for a perfect season again. Because well, I mean, I three and zero. When was the last time we started three and zero? I like the pulse of the perfect season, but the exciting thing here is, I mean, this is a tough schedule we have this year. You know, yeah. on paper and the way it's playing out, I mean, this is not a cookie cutter schedule. So if we're fortunate enough to get out, I mean, I can't even really say this without laughing, but like six, six and zero, seven and zero. I mean, that's a major accomplishment for this team because you're talking about. I mean, Kevin mentioned and Duke mentioned this last week, but I mean, you had guys talking about how if we got out to like one and four, they consider that okay. So I mean, to, with this kind of schedule to really get out there and hold our own, and I mean, we're and you can tell this is a game where I mean Ryan Tannehill put it together and learned. I mean, he's learning how to win games right now. That's you know, in the fourth quarter. That's the biggest thing. We finally got someone who can bring it back if we're down. We got a quarterback for us watching to bring it back in the fourth quarter, and like today. Yes, exactly. That's, that's the key thing that I think about is that you got. You know, as I said earlier, you've got to worry. You know, before you worry about these these teams with quarterbacks that could could bring. You know, Miami might get a small lead, and suddenly, um, and suddenly, you know, here's this other quarterback, and you know, you have this fear like, oh, this guy's going to bring it down the field and score. Now, other teams are going to have to have that same fear with Penny. And when you watch that drive, he looks like he looks like a guy has been there and done that before, just picked him apart. And it wasn't, you know, like, oh, Mike Wallace getting five kicks to drive or something. He was throwing to Michael Agnew, uh, Deion Sims, uh, Rashard Matthews, these guys that nobody outside of Dolphins fans would know who they are. And they were making plays. And it's just, you know, that's the thing that, you know, if you're talking about there, it's like, you know, you know when you watch a guy that's go down the field and do that. Now now Miami has that guy that can put, put the fear into them in the fourth quarter when we go up against the team. And, and, and they're watching us, and suddenly they've got a, you know, they've got a small lead like that. And then they've got to be like, oh crap, here's Ryan Tenhill. Is he going to do that to us again? Yeah, and that's what I'm hoping for. Is that he? We got a quarterback like Marina that knows how to spread the ball around the field. And finally, since Marina, we got a, someone who can throw the ball downfield. I mean, unlike Dante Culpepper, who looks at running 20 yards back and throwing the ball at the ground instead of trying to make a play, that's a great thing about Tannehill. He could take off running if we need him to. He uh, Twice today he avoided the sack, uh, but I think our offensive line needs a little bit of work. Uh, we need to keep Ryan protected, especially with him having a hurt shoulder last week at the end of that indie game. Well, we need to get some better protection for him because the, the hits he's taken – I don't want to. I don't want to see us lose our star quarterback. Considering that's the best quarterback we've had since Marino. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm yelling. I'm yelling for hopefully a second time we could break history. But Miami's looking to, to roll three and zero right now. First time in I don't know how long, but um, I'm definitely glad. Yep. Yeah, and I think absolutely. That, I think one of the things that you know. As Keith mentioned, a lot of people were expecting. They looked at the schedule and thought, "Oh man, we're going to be, you know, if we come out, you know, one and one and four, you know, we'll have to win this many games to make the playoffs or whatever. If we come out two and three, you know, we might have a chance." And I believe it was, I believe it was Maddie actually tweeted, 
earlier earlier today or yesterday, I said if if Miami can win this game, then basically they're playing with house money because everyone expected, you know, Miami's yep. got to get out to a quick start. Can't be zero and five, one and four. They need to at least win two. Well, now they've gone into this what everyone considered the toughest stretch of our schedule um, with some of the toughest teams, and they're three. They've already won three games out of that. So worst case scenario, Miami's coming out coming out of their bye week with a winning record. So you know it's then you get then you get teams like the Jets and the Bills, and you know those are always tough games. But you get these you know teams that people consider not as good, the lesser teams. The Miami should be winning against, and so it just it, it sets Miami up. I don't know about the undefeated season, but because we still got to play the Patriots and we still got to play, you know, uh, the Bengals who, who look tough. Um, oh yeah, especially that game against Pittsburgh. Giovanni Bernard had a great game that that night. But what what do y'all think about Miami taking the AFC East this year away from New England? Them having the the games they've been having for the previous years and taking the AFC East. Uh, what do y'all think about us being able to top New England and the AFC finally? I think we hey, Chris, I'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and put you on hold. Um, so okay. You can hear the response, but we are running out of time. But thank you for calling. Okay, thank in. you. You'll still be able to listen. But yep. Duke, you want to uh, say something? Yeah, I was gonna say I think our chances of winning the division are very good, simply because you know not just because of record wise. But look at how we're winning games. We're winning these close games that, uh, you know, and we've got an offense that seems to be, uh, you know, that can, can come in and win these close games that, you know, when you go up a game against the Patriots, when you looked at it at the beginning of the season, you think to yourself, oh, this is, this is you know, we're going to lose this game. Now you're thinking, if this game's close in the fourth, we can win it, or we can just beat them outright. Um, I mean, the Patriots have barely beaten – the Bills and the Jets, they go up against a, a terrible Bucks team and win. And Miami's played a lot tougher teams and still come out on top. So, you know, I think our chances of winning the division are very good. I mean, we have a chance. I think I think you're right. I think, I mean, it's all going to come down to um, – it's all absolutely going to come down to how the Patriots put their team back together with Gronkowski. And obviously, even when he does come back, he's not going to be – Gronkowski that we saw in week 15, 16, 17 last year. It's going to take him some time. So absolutely, 100% think the Dolphins have a shot at this division and definitely are playing with house money right now because nobody expected them to be 3-0 and after three games. So uh, we are coming up on closing time for the show. So I will send it around see what else is on your guys' mind. But before I do that, um, apparently Peter King from SI is reporting that Alvin Smith is going into inpatient rehab for substance abuse. So he's suspended indefinitely so he can go to rehab, I guess. Um, so anyway, on that note, Keith, welcome back since you got dropped for a little bit there. But what's on No, I didn't, I didn't drop the call. I hung up because I had to make a McDonald's run, and I didn't want that, that uh, uh, dialogue <laughs> to appear on the show. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the McDonald's run is important. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I I don't know. I don't have any uh, real. I, I I'm not stunned, honestly. Like it's gonna sound weird, and I'll take any victory. I'm a little disappointed that this game came down to what it what it was ultimately, because I feel like we should have beaten Atlanta by about two scores. I think that we're good enough to do that. But on the other hand, 
I'm glad we overcame a lot of things. I think that's ultimately what builds character within this team. And uh, overcoming the fact that you know, we're without Stoli, I was really put a hole in our run in our uh, run defense. I mean, that was incredibly apparent early on. Uh, losing Wake, which just hurt us all around. I mean, I yeah. think everyone would agree he's our best player on defense. And, I mean, we were able to overcome that. We'd be a team that thinks it can go to the Super Bowl coming out of the NFC. Yep, you absolutely. Know? And, I mean, lost really lost to a, a very good New Orleans team. Otherwise, this team would be coming in unbeaten. So, I mean, I, I love the fact that I, in a way, maybe I almost uh, prefer the fact that Tannehill really had to manufacture this win. You know, he got the ball, gets the ball late in the game and made no mistake. I mean, he just took Atlanta to, top, to town with that. So, I mean, it's it's a this is a game where I mean, coming out of home, I would have liked to have seen us just like blow holes in Atlanta all afternoon. I think we're good enough to do that. I mean, they're they're really young on the defensive perimeter, a lot of injuries. Uh, not really a team uh, that I think has really settled into its defensive role yet. And that sounds a little right. weird to say. I think that whereas uh, some teams have really taken to it quickly, uh, Cleveland being a team, although, I mean, you wouldn't have known it today if they didn't play that well in Minnesota. But I think that Atlanta has struggled to really uh, sort of acclimate to what they want to do on defense. But, I mean, I, I'll definitely take it. This is something that I think is great for Ryan Tannehill and really, for me, confirmed the fact that even though he had, he had some wards today in terms of overall play, uh, with the game on the line, uh, I hate to say it, but I think that qualifies as a kill, no? I yeah. do think that qualifies as a kill. Uh, just before I get to you, Duke, Heartline, um, Andrew Abramson from uh, Palm Beach Post tweeted this just now. Heartline on Tannehill's game-winning drive, he called it monumental, the best do that. He's definitely put them in the, into that circle. So I think Heartline considers it a kill. So, Duke, your, your closing thoughts. Well, Omar considers it a kill, so that, that's what matters. Um <laughs> but though, um, you know, I don't have any more thoughts on the game because I'm gonna, I just have to go back and watch it a few times, let it all settle in. But I want to go back to what you're talking about with the Alden Smith. I read something. Um, I, I don't, I haven't seen it on any of the TV shows or anything, but that the Von Miller uh, tried to pass his his drug test by using a, a urine collector. Yep. Um not not excuse me, not sure what all that means, but what was done there. But it's like one tweet I saw uh, yesterday. Like these guys don't understand what they're throwing away. And here's two young players uh, who are top of the league at their position. I mean, just dominant players, and they're wasting it away with with the mistakes they're making. And it's just it's sad to see. I mean, you know. For me, you know, I've met some people who had talent that could have gone maybe to the pros and um, at least could have gone to a big college program and they wasted their life away because they didn't care that much about it. And so, I don't know, hopefully these guys will get their act together and uh, and realize that, you know, the NFL doesn't owe you anything and the NFL will gladly chew up and spit you back out if you don't, you know, conform to the rules. So, it's just kind of sad to see something like that. It is. Yeah. But it, it makes it you is. appreciate uh, Philden, too, because I think that 
the culture he works toward put, putting out there on uh, the plan he's trying to lay is to kind of get guys to shy away from that, that sort of behavior in terms of a, a, a collective team first mentality. So, I mean, and, that's nice. I mean, excuse me. I was going to say, along the lines of, of Phil, and I want to get this in real quick, is that, you know, a lot of people watch Hard Knocks and, and think that some of the stuff that was said, and you kind of get this idea that maybe the team's not buying into what Joe Philbin's been saying. I think what you're seeing now, you know, him getting the Gatorade bath in the locker room and all that stuff, I think these guys are finally starting to really buy into to his, to what he wants the team to be. And when you get that, you know, when you get guys buying into that, then you're going to have a, you've got to, you know, you're going to have a locker room that, that stays together and chances to win games. So, Glad to see that those guys are, are finally buying into Joe Fieldman. And I do believe, I don't remember if Miami was got over 500 last year. At one point, I think they were at least 3-3, three and three, maybe 4-3. and three. I'm not sure. But if not, this is Joe Fieldman's, um, his, his career record is now over 500. It is. That's a good point. Um, my last thoughts, because we are just about out of time. Uh, my last thoughts. Sam Hill spread the ball around. Nine different receivers caught the ball today, um, including Agnew catching his first pass, which I just saw his comment. Uh, not a big deal. You don't realize it until after the game that I caught my first in-season pass. That's, again, Andrew Abramson from uh, Palm Beach Post saying that. Um, I, just, I, I kind of agree with you, Keith, on the we probably should have done better but I'm actually happy that this is how this game turned out because it does give fans that ability to stop in the third quarter when a fumble happens, declaring the game over, and go, you know what, we're still in this game because Tannehill can do it. Tannehill can bring us back. And that's oh, he showed major moxie today. He that's did, like, absolutely. That's the silver lining at all. I mean, I mean think of how many he, times outside of Tannehill, we lose this game probably – uh, yeah. In any other uh, non-Marino year, uh, between now and uh, or since he retired, I mean, this is a game we lose time and time again. Yep, absolutely. But the Dolphins are three and zero. They're going to Monday Night Football next week, which means that we just have to wait another day. But that's a day that we can celebrate being undefeated and getting ready for a shot at four and zero. So. Monday Night Football against the Saints in New Orleans. It's going to be a tough game. We will be back Wednesday night with the next Finsider TV. We'll be back next Friday night with the next Finsider podcast. Um, if you guys like this and we can pull it off, we may do this regularly, do a after-game podcast. I don't know. We just kind of threw it together. So thank you to everybody that was listening in and who did call in because it was a last-minute, hey, let's do this. And to Keith, I'm sorry you didn't get the text. To Duke, thanks for calling in. I know you were running around right after the game and managed to get in here. So you guys, thank you. <laughs> everybody that called, thank you. And uh, we will talk to you all again soon. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Hi, I'm Karis Fisher. I want to tell you about another podcast you should check out. It's called Recode Decode. Every week I talk to tech and media's key players about how they're changing our world. I interview tech executives like Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, political figures like Hillary Clinton, and media personalities like John Kerryu, who literally wrote the book on Theranos. 
Once again, the name of the show is Recode Decode, hosted by me, Kara Swisher. You can find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. See you there.